Psalm 31, Sermon 3 of Exposition on the Book of Psalms. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Exposition on the Book of Psalms by St. Augustine of Hippo. Translated by Philip Schaff. Psalm 31, Sermon 3. 1. The remainder of this psalm, on which we have already delivered two discourses, is somewhat more than a third part of it, and we see that today our task must be fulfilled. Wherefore I beg of you, dearly beloved, to be content that we do not dwell on the plainer words of it than those parts which occupy us which it is necessary to explain. For there are many things which occur spontaneously to the minds of the faithful, many which need a brief hint, while there are some, though more infrequent, on which much labour must be bestowed, that they may be understood. That the time then may suffice, both for your strength and mine, see how evident these parts are, and recognise them without further delay, together with us, and praise God in them with us. And if the psalm pray, do ye pray, and if it lament, do ye lament, and if it joy, do ye rejoice, and if it hope, do ye hope, and if it fear, do ye fear. For all that is here written is a mirror for us. 2. Verse 15. Quote, Deliver me from the hands of mine enemies, and from them that persecute me. End quote. Let us say this, yea, let each one, for his own enemies, say this. For good it is, and we ought to pray that God would deliver us from the hands of our enemies. But we must understand for what enemies we are to pray, and what to pray against. Men who are our enemies, whatsoever they be, must not be held in hatred, lest, when a bad man hates a bad man from whom he is suffering, there be two bad men. Let the good man love even the bad man from whom he suffers, that there be at all events but one bad man. Those are the enemies against whom we must pray, the devil and his angels. They envy us the kingdom of heaven. They would not that we should ascend up whence they have been cast down. From these let us pray that our soul be delivered. For even when men are stirred up against us, they are made the instruments of these. Wherefore the Apostle Paul, warning us how guarded we ought to be against our enemies, saith to the servants of God who were suffering tribulations, and that questionless by the dissensions, unfairnesses, enmities of men, quote, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, that is, not against men, but against princes and powers and the rulers of the world. End quote. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. What world? The heavens and the earth? God forbid. There is no ruler of this world but the Creator. But what world does he mean? The lovers of the world. In fine, he goes on in continuation and explains, when I say of the world, I mean of this darkness. What darkness, forsooth, but unbelievers and ungodly? For when from ungodly and unbelievers 
they have been made godly and believers the same apostle addressed them thus quote, for ye were sometimes darkness but now light in the lord against spiritual wickednesses in heavenly places saith he against the devil and his angels ye fight your enemies ye see not and ye conquer deliver me from the hands of mine enemies and from them that persecute me three verse sixteen quote, make thy face to shine upon thy servant save me in thy mercy end quote. we were saying before if such of you as were present dearly beloved remember yesterday's discourse that those are the greatest persecutors of the church who being christians will not live good lives for through these the church incurs obloquy and from them sustains enmity when they are reproved when they are not permitted to live evilly when they are dealt with even by a word they meditate evil in their hearts and seek an opportunity of breaking out among them is the psalmist mourning and so are we if we will for they are the more numerous and amidst their great numbers the good are scarcely seen as grains of wheat in the flour by which nevertheless when they are cleansed the lord's garners are to be filled therefore in the midst of these the psalmist mourning saith make thy face to shine upon thy servant for a sort of confusion is supposed when all are called christians and good livers and evil livers all are marked with the same mark all draw near to one altar all are washed in one baptism all utter the same lord's prayer all are present at the celebration of the same mysteries when are they that mourn distinguished and they for whom they mourn except he make his face to shine upon his servants what then is make thy face to shine upon thy servant let it appear that i belong to thee and let not the ungodly christian say so too that he belongs to thee lest i shall have said to thee in vain in another psalm quote, judge me o god and divide my cause from the ungodly people end quote. psalm forty three verse one what he said there divide my cause he expresses here make thy face to shine upon thy servant and nevertheless that he too be not proud and seem as it were to justify himself he goes on to say save me in thy mercy that is not in mine own righteousness not in my merits but in thy mercy not because i am worthy but because thou art merciful hear me not according to judicial severity but according to most merciful goodness save me in thy mercy four verse seventeen quote, o lord let me not be confounded for i have called upon thee End quote. he hath pleaded a weighty cause let me not be confounded for i have called upon thee wouldest thou that he should be confounded who hath called upon thee wouldest thou it should be said where is he in whom he trusted but who even of the very ungodly doth not call upon god 
unless then in some special way he said i have called upon thee which cannot be common with the many he would by no means venture to claim so great a reward from this calling upon god for god might answer him after a sort in thought and say why dost thou ask of me that thou mayest not be confounded wherefore because thou hast called upon me do not men daily call upon me that they may fulfil it may be the adulteries which they lust after do not men daily call upon me that those may die from whom they are expecting an inheritance do not men daily call upon me who are devising some fraud that they may execute it with a prosperous issue how then dost thou claim so great a reward as to say let me not be confounded for i have called upon thee all those men it is true call but do not call upon thee thou dost call upon god when thou dost call god unto thyself for this is to call upon him to call him unto thyself to invite him so to say into the home of thine heart now thou wouldst not dare to invite any householder merely unless thou first knewest how to prepare a habitation for him for what if god say to thee lo thou hast called upon me i come to thee where shall i enter in shall i bear this great filth of thy conscience if thou wast to invite my servant into thine house wouldst thou not first take care to cleanse it thou dost call me into thine heart and it is full of rapine the place into which god is called is full of blasphemies is full of adulteries is full of frauds is full of evil lusts and dost thou call upon me of such men in short what saith the psalm in another place quote, they have not called upon the lord end quote. psalm fourteen verse four and psalm fifty three verse four and in very truth they have called and yet they have not called upon him i say briefly since the question has arisen how a man can claim so great a reward by alleging only one merit in saying for i have called upon thee when we see that god is called upon by so many bad men the question has arisen and we must not pass from it i say briefly then to the covetous man dost thou call upon god why dost thou call upon god that he may give thee gain thou dost call then upon gain not upon god because thou canst not have this gain which thou covetest by thy servant because thou canst not have it by thy tenant by thy client by thy friend by thy satellite thou dost call upon god thou makest god the minister of thy gain god is held cheap by thee wouldst thou call upon god call upon him for his own sake thou covetous one is it a little thing to thee if god himself fill thee if god come to thee without gold and silver wouldst thou have none of him what then of those things which god hath made is sufficient for thee for whom god himself sufficeth not with good reason then doth the psalmist pray let me not be confounded for i have called upon thee call ye upon the lord brethren if ye would not be confounded 
for the psalmist dreads a confusion of some sort of which he spoke in the former part of the psalm in thee o lord have i trusted let me not be put to confusion for ever for that ye may know that he fears this confusion what did he add when he had said let me not be confounded for ever for i have called upon thee let the ungodly be ashamed and be brought down to hell with that confusion of course for ever five verse eighteen let the deceitful lips be made dumb which speak iniquity against the righteous in pride and contempt this righteous one is christ many lips speak iniquity against him in pride and contempt how in pride and contempt because he who came in such humility appeared contemptible to the proud wouldest thou not that he should be condemned by them that love honours he who endured so great reproaches wouldest thou not that he should be condemned by these that so highly prize this life he who died wouldest thou not that he should be condemned by those who think the death of condemnation on the cross shameful he who was crucified wouldest thou not that he should be condemned by the rich he who spent a life of poverty in the world when he was the creator of the world all these things which men love because christ would not have them that he might show by his not having them that they were to be condemned not because he had it not in his power to possess them all that love these things condemn him and whosoever of his servants would follow his footsteps to walk himself in that lowliness in which he hath learnt that his lord walked is condemned in christ as a member of christ and when the head and the members are condemned whole christ himself is condemned for this whole righteous one is the head and the body and it must needs be that whole christ himself be despised by the proud and the ungodly that that may befall them which is said let the deceitful lips be made dumb which speak iniquity against the righteous in pride and contempt when will those lips be made dumb in this life never day by day do they cry out against christians most of all against the lowly day by day do they blaspheme day by day do they bark multiply punishment by those tongues with which they shall thirst in hell and long in vain for a drop of water it is not now then that these men's lips are made dumb but when when quote, their iniquities shall lead them over on the contrary part end quote, as it is said in the book of wisdom wisdom chapter four verse twenty then shall the righteous stand in great boldness against those that have afflicted them then shall they say these are they whom we had sometimes in derision and in a proverb of reproach how are they numbered among the sons of god and their lot is among the saints we fools counted their life madness wisdom chapter five verses one three five and four then shall their lips be made dumb who speak iniquity against the righteous in pride and contempt 
for just now they say to us, Where is your God? What do ye worship? What do ye see? Ye believe, and ye are distressed. That ye are distressed is certain, what ye hope for is uncertain. When that we hope for shall come in certainty, then shall the deceitful lips be made dumb. 6. Wherefore see what follows, for that the deceitful lips shall be made dumb, which speak iniquity against the righteous in pride and contempt. The psalmist who thus lamenteth hath given heed, he hath seen the good things of God within in the spirit, hath seen these good things which are seen in secret, but are not seen by the ungodly. He seeth that they therefore speak iniquity against the righteous in pride and contempt, because they have skill to see the good things of this life, but the good things of the life to come they skill not even to imagine. But that he might set forth the value of good things of the life to come to men whom he enjoins to endure, not love things present, he cried out and added, verse 19, Quote, How great is the multitude of thy sweetness, O Lord! End quote. Here, if an ungodly man should say, Where is this multitude of sweetness? I will answer, How can I show thee the multitude of this sweetness, who hast lost thy palate from the fever of iniquity? Didst thou not know what honey is, thou wouldst not cry out how good it is, unless thou hadst tasted it. Thou hast no palate of the heart for tasting these good things. What shall I do for thee? How shall I show thee? He is not one to whom I can say, quote, Taste and see that the Lord is sweet. End quote. Psalm 34, verse 8. How great is the multitude of thy sweetness, O Lord, which thou hast hid for them that fear thee. What is, hast hid for them? Thou hast preserved for them, not denied to them, to the end that they alone may attain unto it. For that is good which cannot be common to the just and to the ungodly. To the end that they may by fear attain unto it. For as long as they still fear, they too have not yet attained. But they believe that they shall attain, and they begin with fear. For nothing is sweeter than the immortality of wisdom. But, quote, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, end quote. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, which thou hast hid for them that fear thee. 7. Quote, but thou hast perfected it for them that hope in thee, in sight of the sons of men, end quote. Not, thou hast perfected it in sight of the sons of men, but for those that hope in thee, in sight of the sons of men. That is, thou hast perfected thy sweetness for those that hope in thee in sight of the sons of men. As the Lord saith, quote, Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my father. End quote. Matthew chapter 10, verse 33. Therefore, if thou trust in the Lord, trust before men lest haply thou hide this trust of thine in thine heart, and fear to confess him when it is objected to thee as a crime that thou art a Christian. But to whom is it objected now that he is a Christian? 
there are so few left who are not Christians that it may rather be objected to them that they are not Christians than that they should dare to object to any that they are Christians. Notwithstanding, I say to you, my brethren, begin, whosoever thou art that hearest me, to live as a Christian, and see if it be not objected to thee even by Christians, Christians that is in name, not in life and conversation. No man feels this but he who has had trial of it. Give heed then, look well into what thou hearest. Wouldest thou live as a Christian? Wouldest thou follow the steps of thy Lord? It is objected to thee, thou art ashamed, and in thy shame thou dost leave off. Thou hast lost the way, thou seemest to thyself to have, quote, believed with the heart unto righteousness, end quote. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. But thou hast lost, quote, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, end quote. If then thou wouldst walk the way of the Lord, trust in God even in the sight of men. That is, be not ashamed for thy trust. As he liveth in thine heart, so let him dwell in thy mouth. For not without a cause hath Christ been pleased that his mark should be imprinted on our forehead, as on the seat of shame, and that a Christian should not be ashamed at the reproach of Christ. If then thou shalt have done this in the sight of men, if thou shalt not have been ashamed thereof before men, if thou shalt not have denied Christ in sight of the sons of men, either by word or deed, hope thou that the sweetness of God is perfected for thee. What comes next? 8. Verse 20. Quote, thou wilt hide them in the hidden place of thy countenance. End quote. What is this place? He said not, Thou wilt hide them in thy heaven. He said not, Thou wilt hide them in paradise. He said not, Thou wilt hide them in Abraham's bosom. For the future places of the saints are designated in holy scriptures by many names. Let all whatsoever is out of God be held cheap. Let him who defendeth us in the place of this life be himself our place after this life. Because even this very psalm above saith this to him, quote, Be thou unto me a God who protecteth me, and a house of refuge. End quote. Therefore shall we be hidden in the countenance of God. Are ye waiting to hear from me what retreat there is in the face of God? Cleanse the heart that he may himself enlighten you and he upon whom ye call may enter in. Be thou his house, and he will be thy house. Let him dwell in thee, and thou shalt dwell in him. If thou shalt entertain him in this life in thy heart, he shall entertain thee after this life with his countenance. Thou wilt hide them, saith he, where? In the hidden place of thy countenance, from the troubling of men for there they are not troubled when they are hid. In the hidden place of thy countenance they are not troubled. Is there, think ye, a man in this world so happy as that when he begins to hear men's reproaches because he serveth Christ, he flieth in heart to God, and beginneth to have trust in his sweetness, and enter with his conscience 
into the countenance of God from the troubling of men from whom he heareth reproaches. He doth enter doubtless, if he have wherewith to enter, that is, if this same conscience be not laden, if it make not a heavy burden for him, at the narrow gate. Thou wilt hide them, then, in the hidden place of thy countenance, from the troubling of men. Thou wilt protect them in thy tabernacle from the contradiction of tongues. Some time or other, thou wilt hide them in the hidden place of thy countenance from the troubling of men, that thenceforward no troubling of men may harass them. But meanwhile, whilst they sojourn in this life, since they who serve thee are exposed to many contradicting tongues, what dost thou do for them? Thou wilt protect them in thy tabernacle. What is thy tabernacle? The church of the present time. For it is for this reason called a tabernacle, because as yet it sojourneth on this earth. For a tabernacle is the habitation of soldiers encamped in an expedition. These are called tabernacles. A tabernacle is not a home. Fight thou as a sojourner on thy expedition, that having been saved in thy tabernacle, thou mayest be received in glory into thy house. For thy everlasting home will be in heaven, if only thou shalt have lived well in this tabernacle. Therefore in this tabernacle thou wilt protect them from the contradiction of tongues. Many tongues contradict, diverse heresies, diverse schisms make a noise. Many tongues contradict the true doctrine. Do thou run to the tabernacle of God, hold to the Catholic Church. Depart not from the rule of truth, and thou shalt be protected in thy tabernacle from the contradiction of tongues. 9. Verse 21. Quote, Blessed be the Lord, for he hath made his mercy marvellous in the city of compassing. End quote. What is the city of compassing? In Judea alone were God's people placed, as it were, in the midst of the world, where the praises of God were celebrated and sacrifices offered unto him, where prophecy did not cease foretelling those future events which we now see in course of fulfilment. This people were, as it were, in the midst of the nations. This prophet marked and saw that the church of God should be in all nations, and because all nations were around on every side, which placed the single nation of the Jews in the midst of them, he called these nations compassing her about on every side, the city of compassing. Thou didst indeed, O Lord, make thy mercy marvellous in the city Jerusalem. There Christ suffered, there he rose again, there he ascended up into heaven, there he did many wonderful things. But greater is thy praise for that Thou hast made thy mercy marvellous in the city of compassing. That is, in all nations hast spread abroad thy mercy. Nor hast thou kept thine ointment in that Jerusalem as in a vessel. But as from a broken vessel, the ointment hath been poured forth throughout the world, that it might be fulfilled, which is said in Holy Scripture, quote, Thy name is as ointment poured out. End quote. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 3. 
and so thou hast made thy mercy marvellous in the city of compassing for he ascended up into heaven acts chapter one verse nine he sitteth at the right hand of the father after ten days he sent the holy ghost the disciples were filled with the holy ghost they began to preach the wonderful works of christ they were stoned slain dispersed in flight and when they were made to flee from thence as from one place acts chapter eight verse one as brands burning with divine fire they filled the whole wood of the world kindled by the heat of the spirit and the light of truth and the lord made his mercy marvellous in the city of compassing ten verse twenty two quote, i said in my ecstasy end quote. call to remembrance the title of the psalm see here is that ecstasy mark what he saith i said saith he in my ecstasy i have been cast forth from the sight of thine eyes i said in my panic that is i said in my ecstasy he saw that he was panic-struck inwardly by some great tribulation or other such as there is no want of he gives heed to his panic-stricken and trembling heart and saith i have been cast forth from the sight of thine eyes if it were in thy sight i should not fear thus if thou hadst thine eye upon me i should not tremble thus but as he saith in another psalm quote, if i said my foot hath been moved thy mercy o lord helps me End quote. psalm ninety four verse eighteen so at once he saith here therefore thou hast heard the voice of my prayer because i confessed because i said i have been cast forth from the sight of thine eyes because i have not been proud but accused my own heart and staggering in my tribulation have cried out to thee thou hast heard my prayer that therefore hath been fulfilled which i set forth from that other psalm for what is here i said in my ecstasy i have been cast forth from the sight of thine eyes is there if i said my foot hath been moved and what is there thy mercy o lord helped me is here therefore thou hast heard o lord the voice of my prayer mark that in peter's case he seeth the lord walking on the water he thinks him a spirit the lord crieth out it is i be not afraid peter hath affiance and saith if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water so hereby do i prove whether it be thou if in thy word i am able to do as thou art able he saith come and the word of the bidder is made the power of the hearer come saith he and he came down he began to go he was going without fear as trusting in him but when he saw the wind boisterous he was afraid i said in my ecstasy i have been cast forth from the sight of thine eyes and beginning to sink he cried lord i perish and jesus stretching forth his hand to him raised him up saying o thou of little faith wherefore didst thou doubt matthew chapter fourteen verses twenty six to thirty one i said therefore in my ecstasy 
I have been cast forth from the sight of thine eyes, and as though I were now beginning to perish in the sea, thou hast heard, O Lord, the voice of my prayer. Now thou heardest when I cried unto thee. Crying unto God is not with the voice, but with the heart. Many who are silent with the lips cry with the heart. Many clamorous with the mouth, with heart averted, are able to obtain nothing. If then thou criest, cry inwardly where God heareth. When I cried unto thee, saith he, thou heardest the voice of my prayer. 11. Now then, that he made trial, to what doth he exhort us? Verse 23. Quote, Love the Lord, all ye his saints. End quote. As if he should say, Trust me, I have made trial of it. I have had tribulations. I have called upon him and have not been deceived. I have hoped in God and have not been confounded. He hath enlightened my thoughts. He hath established my fear. Love the Lord, all ye his saints. That is, do ye love the Lord, who love not the world? That is, all his saints. For how do I tell him to love the Lord, who still loves the amphitheatre? How do I tell him to love the Lord, who still loves the stage player, still loves the harlequin, still loves wine-bibbing? still loves all the pomps and all the vanities and lying madnesses of the world. I tell such, learn not to love, that thou mayest learn to love. Turn away, that thou mayest be turned to. Pour out, that thou mayest be filled. Love the Lord, all ye his saints. 12. Quote, For the Lord will require truth. End quote. You know that now many evildoers are seen. You know that now they are puffed up in their vanities. The Lord will require truth. Quote, and he will repay them that do exceeding proudly. End quote. Bear with them until you bear them to their graves. Endure them until ye are free of them. For it must needs be that the Lord who requireth truth will repay them that do exceeding proudly. Art thou at once about to ask, when will he repay? When he wills. Thou mayst be certain that he will repay. Doubt not of his repaying. For the time, do not venture to give counsel to God. Assuredly, he will require truth, and will repay them that do exceeding proudly. Some he will repay even here, and we have seen and learnt that he doth repay. For when they that fear the Lord are abased, if perchance they had been distinguished in some dignity of this world, though abased, they have not fallen, because they have not shut out God from their hearts. God is their exaltation. Job seemed abased when he lost his property, when he lost his children, when he lost what he was keeping when he lost those for whom he was keeping. He was left without inheritance, and, what is sadder, without an heir. He was left with his wife alone, no comforter to him, but rather the devil's helper. He seemed abased. See whether he were wretched. See whether he were not in the hidden place of God's countenance. 
quote, naked, saith he, came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return into the earth. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. As it pleased the Lord, so hath it been done. Blessed be the name of the Lord. End quote. Job chapter 1 verse 21 These pearls of praise of God, whence are they? Behold him poor without, rich within. These pearls of praise of God would not proceed out of his mouth, except he had a treasure in his heart. Ye who would be rich, covet such riches as ye cannot lose even by shipwreck. Therefore, when such as these are abased, deem them not wretched. Ye are mistaken, ye know not what they possess within. Ye who love the world, judge from your own selves, because when ye lose such things, ye are reduced to wretchedness. Do not by any means think this. They possess within wherewith to rejoice. Their ruler is within. Their shepherd and their comforter is within. These are they who fall miserably, even they who place their trust in this world. Their outward glitter is taken away. Nothing remains within but the smoke of an evil conscience. They have no source of comfort. They have no place whither they may go abroad. They have no place whither they may return within. Abandoned by the pomp of the world, void of the grace of the Spirit, they are indeed abased. And with many God dealeth thus in this life, but not with all. For if he dealt thus with none, divine providence would seem as it were to slumber. If he dealt thus with all, divine long-suffering would not be preserved. Nevertheless, thou, Christian, hast learnt to forbear, not to repay vengeance. Wouldest thou avenge thyself, O Christian? Christ is not yet avenged. Hast thou suffered from the evil, and hath not he suffered? Did not he first suffer for thee, who had no cause for suffering? For in thee tribulation is the refiner's furnace, if so be thou art gold and not chaff, that thou mayest be cleared of dross, not be turned into ashes. 13. Quote, Love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord will require truth, and will repay them that do exceeding proudly. But when will he repay? Oh, that he would repay now! Now would I see these men abased and laid low. Hear what follows. Quit you like men. Do not hang down the weary hands in tribulation. Let not your knees totter. Verse 24. Quit you like men, and let your heart be strengthened. Let your heart be strengthened to endure and bear all the ills of this life. But who are they to whom the prophet saith, Quit you like men, and let your heart be strengthened? Is it to them who love the world? Nay, but listen to whom he speaketh. All ye who trust in the Lord. End of Sermon 3 End of Psalm 31